Welcome to episode 17 of the BSN Rams podcast. Dominic Nedbalski alongside Nick Patnode. Nick, we got a, a full slate of basketball talk ahead of us, but we're going to start with a little uh, football news here as the Rocky Mountain Showdown was moved to Friday of Labor Day weekend as it was played this past season. Um, it'll be the first time since 2002 that both teams will be coming off uh, winning records. We've seen increases in fan attendance in each of the last five years. This figures to be a good one. Your thoughts on the date change, what it means, and how excited you are for this one. I, I like it. You know, every time they move it to a Friday, it gives the, both programs a little more national attention. Usually it's one of the few games on that night, and uh, it'll be televised on ESPN. So um, I've, we don't know that for sure yet, but normally that's what, what happens in this instance. But, um, you know, if it's on a Friday night, uh, it's it's not like it's a, a weekday game, in you know, middle of the week kind of thing. But, uh, no, it's I, I think it I think it helps the game, and, uh, it'll be good for both programs, and you know, I, I wish the Mountain West could get their schedule out as fast as as uh, the Pac-12 does. But um, but no, I'm I'm excited for it. The only thing that I don't like about it is that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's either week zero or week one for some local high school teams. Mm-hmm. I figure maybe for recruiting purposes. I mean, this is essentially the biggest game for the state. You know, you'd love to have as many kids there as possible but you know the, the fact that you do get a prime time game now in a sense probably makes up for it but i'd love to see the local kids be able to go as many as possible yeah i i agree there i mean it would be great to to see as many local kids go but i think that's just the problem this game has not really seen the attendance that they kind of hoped it might when they first signed a contract in 98 to bring it to denver uh it's it's a much more uh attended game when it's on when it's you know home and home and it's on the campuses of the two schools and it's just much more of a it's a better atmosphere and and uh so i think they're trying to do a date change because they realize they're in a contract the next couple of years they've got to play until 2020 in denver so they're trying to do a couple of things to increase fan attendance and this might be a, a fat you know a result of, of that um so we'll see if it helps to just continue you know it's attendance has been on the rise as of late but they're not selling out the stadium. They're not getting the numbers there that they'd like to for such a big game for both both schools. Yeah, and as you mentioned, 2020, the last game of the current uh, matchup between the schools, that final year is going to be played at the new on-campus stadium in Fort Collins. So that's definitely something to look forward to. So we're going to jump right on into, into men's hoops here. Um, new Mexico and Colorado State last Saturday, just real quick. The Lobos getting a big 84-71 road victory against the Rams, and just like that, they've, they've taken off all of a sudden. They get a big big win um, yeah, we're the, a few nights ago. And <laughs> we're the wind in their sails now. Right, <laughs> we have right. sent them so, going. So big momentum change there for, for New Mexico. But, um, w- you know, we, we know everything that took place toward the end of the game, after the game. We saw the video. You know, at this point, the Mountain West has already released their statement saying basically that the schools can discipline on their own you know, standings, but I just real quick wanted to um, read what, what Terrence Wrencher had to say um, a few days after, and then I want to get your overall thoughts. So this is the assistant coach that got um, one of the assistants that got ejected for yeah. leaving the court after the, um, the alter, well, not altercation, but after the hard foul by Firstinger, um, and then, of course, was involved in the, the little skirmish, you could call it, with Emmanuel Amagbo postgame. So he says, I would like to apologize to my family, UNM, UNM, CSU, and everyone afflicted by the incident, and I acknowledge my fault in the situation. I should have walked away. 
The situation could have been diffused, and I am very regretful of that momentary lapse in judgment. Um, I don't know Emmanuel personally, but he seems to be a good person and good teammate. I do want to reiterate that I did not instigate the confrontation and that I would uh, never that I never once made light of his personal tragedy or made racially derogatory remarks to him. That's more or less what he said. I just your overall thoughts on it when it first happened. If you think it's a good decision that the Mountain West allowed the schools essentially to take uh, control of the situation. I don't like that ruling. And there's a couple of things I want to mention. The first thing is it starts with, Emmanuel Magno says it started before the game. During warm-ups, you know, the two were kind of yapping at each other a little bit. There's nobody who can confirm that. You know, that's that's hearsay. But uh, in the game, you saw Firstinger set a screen and knock uh, J.D. Page down. It was a legal play. It was actually Amagbo's fault for not telling his teammate, hey, heads up, you've got a guy here, you're going to run right into him right, and get yell, flattened. Yell right, yeah. you, it, and he didn't do that. So you, that, that upset the, the Rams, but what upset the team the most was that afterwards he kind of made this Hulk motion and he walked down the court and then he purposely threw his elbow into Anthony Bonner. So that set it off, and then that's why the two coaches got ejected because they came off the bench, which you can't do. So there was already some bad blood. But after the game, of course, it's an embarrassing home loss for the Rams. Emmanuel Mogba is fired up. He didn't play well. And then he goes outside, and Terrence Wrencher is standing there. And instead of getting on his bus and just leaving, he's standing there almost waiting for him. So the whole situation set itself up for failure from the start. Um, you watch the video, you can't really tell uh, if if the reports that Terrence was was laughing at Manuel's situation or true. That's that's in my opinion. There's no way to confirm that. I would have liked to have seen the Mountain West say both Amagbo and Terrence Wrencher are suspended for one game because you can't have a big blow up like this, which is all over the news, and then just kind of say, "Well, it's okay, it's nothing," because there was something, and you can see it in the video. And 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 some discipline needed to be handed down, um, and 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 it wasn't. And so I think that's a miss on the on the uh, Mountain West conferences part. Uh, but I think. Terrence Wrencher needs to know that if he wants to be a coach for much longer, this can't happen again. He's supposed to be the bigger man. He's dealing with young kids. He's supposed to be a mentor. And when he's standing out there, jawing back, having an altercation, tell, you know, calling this guy a boy, things like that, that, that's totally unacceptable. At the bare minimum, he should have been suspended for a game because he, it was unbecoming of him. He represents the university. And then for the coach Neal to come out and say he didn't do anything wrong, just, again, it looks terrible on, on New Mexico. So... If Wrencher wants to remain a coach, at least at a school that might win some some basketball games, he might want to check his attitude a little bit. Yeah, and, and when you brought up that um, you know your your dislike and uh, disapproval of the Mountain West ruling to, to let the teams handle it on their own, I almost think because they didn't initiate the suspensions on their own, there's going to be even more carryover now into this upcoming February 21st game, whereas. Maybe if you did have a few suspensions, things would have, you know, calmed down on their own. They're just going to keep building up and building up. Mm-hmm. And for New Mexico, as we said, their season's all of a sudden turned around. They've got plenty of talent to be at the top of the conference and win the conference. Whereas, and we'll, we'll get to this in a second, where CSU season's kind of tanking. So, I mean, I would almost get the impression that CSU is going to be- definitely be up for this game. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, you know, even if that means we're going to get a guy ejected, we'll get two two guys, but we, we want to get our own. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm sure Larry is going to, you know, try and um, prevent that from happening. But your emotional leaders are Gene Clavel and Emmanuel. You know, something is going to break out in this game. I hope, you know, no one gets hurt. For, I hope decisions are at least made rationally and that it's 
you know, one thing at the beginning of the game and it's basketball the rest of the way, but I can almost guarantee we're going to see something in that February 21st game. Yeah, and I'm sure the conference is looking at it going, hey, that's that's not all bad because it gives them something to talk about. Get, it gives a reason for eyeballs to look at the screen and, and tune into the game. And but But it's unfortunate because now you've just got a ton of bad blood and in sports rivalries, that's what that's what they're about. I mean, it's about schools that have a deep passion about the game, but they shouldn't. The passion shouldn't be about I want to get you back. I want to, and so that's unfortunate that we're going into this game not just saying I want to beat you because we have this long rivalry and it's about the game. It's more about I want to do what I can to to upset you, to to get you back for what you did to me, and and that throws basketball out the window. And now you're not even playing for the sport. You're playing just because there's a lot of emotion and stuff and. And that's unfortunate, but uh, I, I mean, I, I look forward to watching the game, but I, like you said, and I, I'll reiterate it, I hope that it's everything stays as safe and as calm as it can, because right. the last thing we need with, with our program in the state that it's in is for two guys to get into a fight or something, and then we don't have, almost don't have enough to, to put, put a... season. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, by the way, Joe Firstinger um, typically pl- plays in the teens in terms of minutes. He's one of their second or third guys off the bench. I mean... To use a hockey term, he's a bit of a goon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's a guy that you want to uh, keep a spotlight on, on on that 21st game, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we get closer to that date. But um, the Rams, of course, losing that one last night. They they go to Fresno um, playing a, a very good Rodney Terry coach team. They lose um, 78-57. The Rams move to 11-8 and overall, 3-3 three and three in Mountain West play. It's their largest margin of defeat since a 32-point loss at Gonzaga, which is a little bit surprising. Um, Really, two key stats that kind of grab me. The Rams with just five assists, which is just abysmal. Mm -hmm. Um, Fresno with 18. CSU was 3 of 21 from deep. Is that that bad? I would say so. The Bulldogs, (laughs) 11 of 28, so... I mean, I, I think CSU led for maybe two two minutes and change early in the first half. But yeah. I mean, this was over midway through the you know the first half. Your your overall thoughts on this? It's I I I'll say that I I still maintain that CSU can get this team can get some good home wins. I think they can. It's not going to be their year. They own, they've got an outside shot. Uh, if I've ever seen one at making the NCAA tournament, and that would be only if they win the conference tournament at the end of the year. But this this team has to control their temper and they've got to understand that that they're not a shooting team. They don't they take a lot of quick threes right now. They're taking shots that they don't really need to be taking, forcing certain things. And and their that game was uncharacteristic in a lot of ways. Prentice Nixon had unsightly turnovers back to back. I mean and, and and you just you wonder what's going on and and so uh it, it was disappointing to see, but that's that that's going to be the tale for the rest of the season. They're, they're going to struggle on the road. It's going to be tough to watch those games, but you give them a chance at home because they they can feed off the crowd and and uh, they can get some good wins. Yeah, I mean, hopefully now that the students are back, they they show up and and support these eight now that we have. Yeah, Juan, uh, Sabino. Yeah, get that from now. the track team, Saviano, I think. Um, so yeah, that, that'll be fun. I think he got a minute in-game action last night recording one rebound. So He did play in high school. Yeah. So, you know, he's not... He's a Colorado kid. He's a Colorado kid, yeah. and, and good to see him, you know, getting the chance to chase the dream. Yeah. Making something good out of this situation. Yep, so the Rams will finish up their mini two-game uh, road trip with a 
Saturday night matchup with Utah State. Um, the Aggies are eight and nine. They're just two and four in Mountain West play. They've got kind of a weird um, early season uh, line though so far. They've got wins over New Mexico, UNLV. They've got losses to Boise Air Force, Wyoming, and San Diego State. Um, they're always tough in that building. They're well coached. Um, give us a little preview of what, of what you maybe see happening on Saturday. They they do struggle, but they've got a full roster, yeah. and we don't. And it's hard to win with seven guys, and I've said it a lot, and especially so on the road. I think the Rams are going to struggle in this one. Uh, I don't think it's out of the question for them to get a win. I think if they come back and play good team basketball, they stick to their fu- their defensive fundamentals, and they don't get too jealous shooting the ball, it'll be a good game for the Rams. Um, but they've got to limit these mistakes that they make that they just kind of get in their own heads a little bit. And they have these turnovers that they shouldn't make and, you know, some passes that just don't don't make much sense, you know. Um, so if they can play fundamental basketball, move, move the, the Rams are good at moving the ball around and, and creating some, some chances for a guy to get wide open and, and have a shot driving down the lane and, and putting up an easy layup. So if they stick to what they know how to do, they can get a win. But it's going to be a close game and they they – will probably struggle on the road. I liked what you said about them having a full complemented roster because, and I tweeted this out last night, I think they got outscored by Fresno's bench by at least 20 points. That's going to be the way it is the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, but that puts a ton of pressure on your starters. Not only did they have to outscore the other starters, but they almost have to dominate them every single night to even have a chance. So that, that puts more pressure on guys like, you know, Gian Clavel, Prentice Nixon, Amagbo to, you know, not just get into double figures, but, you know, approach 20, 20 plus points to even give yourself a chance to, oh, to find a way to beat teams yeah. and particularly on the road. Absolutely. And it changes the way they play. I mean, a guy comes in two quick fouls and he can't do anything. I mean, he's got to be careful. So these guys aren't allowed to play the style of basketball that they want to. It's almost like they can't go full throttle. They've got to, and it's hard to dominate somebody if you can't go full throttle because yeah. you're worried about foul trouble, you're worried about injury, you're worried. So, you know, all these things are in the back of their mind, and so they they can't really do the things they want to do, and that's why it's so hard to play with a limited roster. But, um, yeah, I, I, when, when you've got a bench that, that plays well and you've got a couple guys on, on a bench that can come off and score, well, it hurts a team that doesn't have it, so... Yeah, but we'll see if the Rams can uh, can steal one against the Aggies, but that's going to do it for this one. We thank you guys for listening. See you back here next week. Go Rams! Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.